Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Here's Trey. Good afternoon, Mr. Trey Biddy. Hey, guys. Trey, let's, uh, these numbers were handed to me a moment ago uh, by Scott Good. He is the sports information director for Harding University. Um, you may have heard the intro. We are uh, here today celebrating this national championship. Uh, the city of Searcy and, and the Harding family is celebrating this national championship tonight. The festivities actually start at 6.30, so if you want to come out and join the festivities, you've got plenty of time. But Scott gave me these numbers. We're looking off to our right. And there is in lights six one six zero, and you're probably thinking, you're yeah. probably thinking, what in the, what in the world is that? Yeah, they're about five foot tall. Yeah, and that represents the record that Harding set this year for total yards rushing in a game. Let me just read you a couple of the uh, things that was accomplished. 6,160 yards rushing, 90, are you ready for this one? 97 touchdowns, 102 tackles for loss. They were the Great American Conference champions, the Super 3 uh, region champions, and then, of course, the NCAA Division II national champions. Now, I said 6160. Would anyone like to take a shot? Southern Nazarene was number two in the nation, according to D2 schools, in yards rushing. Rick, you want to take a shot at how many yards they had on the season? 3,812. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Trey, you want to take a shot? 3,813. Oh, Oh, Trey. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, we're not doing Price or Right here? <laughs> hey, <laughs> Price or Right. One dollar. Okay. 3,520. Oh, That's okay. almost double. So, so I was closer, Hardy's... Trey. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, another astounding number. When I said the 97 touchdowns on the season, yeah. 79 rushing touchdowns by Harding. I thought Harding. it would have been all 97 of them. Guys, you know, uh, me too, really, when you think about it. That's uh, that's special teams, defense, and so forth. LSU, uh, led, 49. LSU led the SEC with 79 total touchdowns. Wow. Hmm. Total. 49 was the runner-up. Wow. Colorado Mines, who Harding faced off in the championship you know, game. Randy, all so these just... numbers are, look, the running game is beautiful. Did you watch the game last night? Michigan opened holes, yeah. and I, I don't, you know, I, I kind of wanted Washington to win and didn't really care, but they opened holes, and their backs went through them, and their running game was just amazing to watch. What? The running game is good. Why do we always have to throw the ball so much, right? Why do we have to see that so much? Well, I think, I think Michael Penix today would, 
I think Michael Penix today wishes they had ran the football more yeah, because right, right. the way he was limping around and holding oh, that right matter. side, it, uh, yeah. Yeah, but their top running back was hurt too, so really was it wasn't up. easy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Michigan, I mean, they got a great football team, and they were yeah. the better team last they night, no question team. about it. So, And running the ball is correct. I mean, who, who was it that used to say – when you throw the ball, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Yeah, Daryl Royal right. was the first one. Yeah. Yeah, Daryl Royal is what I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Hey, and, and we all love to see great passing game and everything like. But man, when those guys, in, in a three or four yard run, may not be what everybody wants to see. But Michigan wasn't running three and four yards. They were running for big games. <laughs> Eight, nine. Well, it's important to have the uh, the bullies up front if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna they, play bully have, ball. That's and right. That's those guys are hard to find sometimes, so that's why you see teams uh, spread it out a whole lot more, supplement a running game with quick passes to the flats and stuff like that. Those are some of the things that we've seen, obviously, in modern college football that teams do to make up for yeah. the lack of having those massive, powerful offensive linemen. And when Washington did move the ball, they did throw those. I mean, here's the tight end, five yards, six yards. They're just snapping it. He runs three steps and catches the ball. So, and that's a, that's effective too. You know, the one thing that that wasn't, at least, I wasn't just glued uh, listening to the commentary by whether it's Herb Street or Fowler, but the one thing that impressed me greatly was the tackling by Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it good. didn't matter if it was open field tackling or otherwise. Yeah. They did not miss many, if any, tackles. There was one move that was made by one of the uh, receivers for Washington, but he's faked the guy out. <laughs> he didn't break a tackle. Yeah. He's faked him out. But otherwise, once that ball was caught, those guys were going down. And I thought that was probably as impressive as anything we saw last night um uh from michigan was and i don't remember their tackling be that that on target so to speak uh against alabama but uh yeah i think uh, i think most of it i was like you rick i was rooting for washington just kind of a more non-traditional power washington's got i mean they've been to the college football playoffs before they've got it relatively i don't know if you say relatively recent it's 1991 split national championship and michigan hasn't won one since 97 but you know michigan is definitely viewed as more of a blue blood type of program most wins in college football history and i was just rooting for the idea of you know somebody it's hard to say somebody else because michigan hadn't won one in so long but uh, somebody that you don't think of in the upper echelon of college football. I don't mean to slight Washington at all saying that. And I really like Penix and the, the season that he had and kind of following along with what Washington had done. So I think a lot of us, and, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of mad at Michigan for uh, canceling the game against Arkansas when we go to the big house. And I'll probably well, not get a chance to do, do that. So. Two but I think a lot it. of people like us were probably rooting on Washington in that one. It's okay. I definitely was rooting for Washington. So how many people? So Sports Illustrated and ESPN, of course, already have their preseason top 25 for next year's out. Mm-hmm. Do either of them, you think, have Michigan or Washington up there? No. The no I bet no. they have Georgia. They, I haven't they, seen both, it. Uh, they both have Georgia number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, 
ASPN has Texas 2, Oregon 3. SI has Oregon 2, Texas 3. Both of them have Alabama 4. Both of them have Ohio State 5 and Michigan 6. Both of them have Ole Miss 7. Then after that, uh, they have the same three teams, just in a different order, Notre Dame, Missouri, and Arizona. If that all comes true, that's five SEC teams in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think in the playoff next year with 12 teams they're going to put five SEC teams in there? And do they not realize when they make these rankings that these guys all play each other? So it's not like they're going to be number seven, eight, nine, and ten or anything like that. But that's that's what they did. And, in fact, their top 23 are identical in different orders, same teams. They only differ on the last two. Well, to finish this one, this year AP poll, you had Texas 3, Georgia 4, Alabama 5, Missouri 8, Ole Miss 9, LSU 12. So you had six in the top. Obviously, that wouldn't be how it would go into the uh, college football playoff, but just finishing out, there were six SEC teams in in the the top top 12. 12. Holy smokes. Isn't that something? It's a brutal league, and you've probably been reading about because the uh, guys that do the playoff met on Monday morning, yesterday morning, and they still have not determined the the playoff, the conference champions. You know, because in just to give the Pac-12 a little bit of time, but two teams cannot make a conference. So it looks like it's going to be five conference champions, the four powers plus one of the others. And then seven at-large teams. That's yeah. what it looks this is, like. Is this Bill Hancock's last year? This was it. He was yeah. there last night, and he was there for the meeting yesterday, and I assume he's retiring at this yeah. point. Really good guy. I spent, I shared a uh, about a 30-minute Uber drive with him one time, and, I mean, he all he did was ask me about myself. Yeah. He was just very interested as could be. Yeah, great guy. Very like humble. Really good guy. He did have to straight – said Andy or Randy straight for like nine years saying they weren't going to expand and then uh, finally they did so I finally won out yeah you did you did and you said it would never happen I said it would never happen I still don't think it's a good idea I do not think this is a good idea particularly with only four power conferences next year I think it's a poor idea well there's a couple of things that I don't like about it I think we put too much weight on the conference champions because there are going to be times where, again, the SEC is going to have more than one team that belongs in that top four. It's going to happen. And I don't like, I don't like how they've weighed the teams that get the home field advantage in the first round. I don't think that you can sit there and say that, okay, this team who is ranked number five is so much better than this team who's ranked number 12. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so much so that – they deserve a home field advantage. Or when you get even closer in the matchups and in the seating, like do you really deserve a home field advantage when you've never played each other, you don't play the same teams and all of those types of things? I don't I don't like the way that's set up. Uh, I mean, I love the idea of playing a home game and stuff, but at the same time, I don't know that you can fairly say that somebody deserves a home field advantage over somebody else like that. I agree. That's it's a hard call. You're right. Well, again, that is going to be. I can't wait till the first poll comes out, as they did with, as they done with the uh, the previous college football playoff, uh, when they give that first one 
to see how many SEC schools, because uh, no one's mentioned Oklahoma, so you got you got to throw kind of Oklahoma somewhere. I don't know where they were. Oh, they're in the top twenty, pre-season. both of them. Top twenty, yeah. both of them. Yeah, not top. And I, I understand there was one poll uh, that came out that had like A and M at number ten for next year. In one particular. For next year, yes. Oh, they're, that's, uh, they're not in either one of these top 25s. Okay, the other teams in the I, SEC uh, but now, are LSU, Oklahoma, and Tennessee are all in the top 20. So it would be eight SEC teams in the top 20, half the league. But let me let me quote my source. My source was Morning Madness with David Basil <laughs> and Roger Scott. So you take that with a grain of salt. Now, David said this morning – on Morning Madness, as I was listening to Rick, he said, Randy needs to have more, oh, no. what did he call it? Um, oh, talking uh, Entertainment. Things. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. We're, That's all right. We were talking, y'all were talking about Wagon Train, and, and I forget all the different Gilligan's things you were talking Island. about. Yeah, Gilligan's Island. Yeah, Gilligan's yeah, Island. Yeah. 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 Bob Denver. Yeah. I and think Trey's we, going, what? Yeah. What, what, what are you is, talking about? In the morning, those guys talk a lot about a lot of stuff that's not always sports, and, and it's entertaining, and I enjoy that, but I think our listeners probably prefer sports. And In fact, you get these texts from people that don't even like all sports that want us to talk just about the Razorbacks and nothing else. That's very true. So saying that, we need to make sure we get anything that is remotely close to Arkansas-related from Trey Trey, any news today on the Razorback front? No, nothing on transfer portal. Uh, you know, it's been pretty quiet. I, I, you know, I look at it. There's still a few guys that they're uh, waiting on, the two offensive linemen, the safety from Florida. But I just look at the situation right now, and I'm thinking, man, they really probably need to figure something out at defensive line. Uh, I don't see any real activity at defensive line in terms of um, – you know, guys that they have extended offers to, you know, they – so that's that's kind of where my concern is right now. I think, you know, if they if they end up with uh, getting uh, the safety out of Florida, um, and I'm spacing on his name, but the, and then the Percy Lewis and Micah Mazuka, the offensive lineman, Miguel Mitchell is the, is the safety. If they end up getting those three guys who they had visits from, then I just feel like they – I think they've got one spot. Jamarian Burnett's coming in this coming weekend at running back, and then that leaves one spot. So to me, maybe there's a window this weekend where they can bring in the defensive tackle because, I mean, I've got them at six defensive tackles right now. Um, a couple of those guys, J.J. Hollingsworth hasn't played a snap in two, in two seasons. He still probably needs to put on about 20 pounds or so. Um, Marcus Miller, we've had no update on his situation. You know, is he gonna is he gonna be back? And then there's Kiwi Rose. We haven't heard on him. You know, he did retweet a, uh, I believe, a cornerback or wide receiver from Louisiana Tech who got an Arkansas offer back on December 16th. <laughs> but that, he hasn't said, "Hey, I'm coming back." But I would think that if Kiwi Rose is not coming back, then they would be scrambling right now, trying to make sure that defensive tackle situation is squared away. So I think it's probably likely that. Maybe there's not a defensive tackle in this transfer portal class right now. There's also not a defensive tackle in the high school recruiting class, if you guys notice. So I think it's possible there's not one right now. However, last year they got Anthony Booker 
in April, and I believe Kiwi Rose was a May commitment to Arkansas at defensive tackle. So, and I think John Ridgeway was was late jumping on when he jumped on, and um, I think they've had others that were uh, the transfer. Uh, Terry Hampton, I believe he was a late guy. So there's still a, definitely a possibility to add, and there's still good players out there to add guys in the late period at defensive tackle. But that really, when I look at it, that's the only position group I say that's 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 where they really need to address things. I've got them at 87 right now uh, after Terry Wells's medical retirement, which we kind of foreshadowed on the show the other day. So I've got them at 87, and I've got them at 80 based on Pittman's numbers and where they've they've moved forward. So. We're still waiting on these offensive linemen, still waiting on the safety. And, I mean, after that, if they get those in order, they get a safety, maybe you look at linebacker just to boost the overall quality and experience in that room because they are pretty young overall. The numbers are good at linebacker. Um, but, you know, I think there from there you, you just kind of find the best available. I would like to see them add two defensive tackles, though. Um, I don't know if that's possible in this early period, but maybe in the late, and um, yeah, maybe a linebacker if they get these two offensive linemen in the safety. After that, I'm not. There's not an area where I'm just like they really need to, you know, go out and get this position or that position. And there's still trade. players on this roster. Again, there's, you know, a good number of players on this roster who are not on this roster, and they just haven't said anything yet. You know, Trey, it's interesting you, you talk about go get two defensive tackles. As you well know, Dan Hampton went into the College Hall of Fame yesterday. Yeah. And this morning when I was on with David, the guys we were talking about sports, pointed out that in 1978, he and Jimmy Walker were both first-team All-Americas and, uh, and as that's defensive amazing. tackles. That's a You never see that the same team. And Arkansas was good, and they had a lot of preseason hype and all that. But they had two of them. And as well, I can't remember, as David or Roger said, yeah, it makes a difference when you got two defensive tackles like that, doesn't it? And in the SEC, if you don't have good defensive linemen, you're not going to win. No. So I, I hope they get the tackles that you're asking for. Now, I think they're in good shape at defensive end. Uh, I just think there's no reason in the transfer portal age as an SEC program that your you know, fifth best defensive tackle shouldn't be a veteran guy ready to go. You know, because you can't address it. And they had that last year. Um, you know, I look at defensive end, and, you know, you're talking about Quincy Rhodes and, you know, Nico Davier. Maybe Caleb James is a guy that they consider moving inside a defensive tackle. Randy, I think he brought that up the other day. He's 6'4", mm-hmm. 276 as a freshman last year. So maybe he's a guy that you consider moving inside to, to shore things up. But I, I just think, you know, you've got um, Anton. It, you, you ready for the pronunciation, Randy? I am. June Kaj. I asked him, and he sent me a voice recording of himself saying it. June Kaj. It's like the month of June. June. And then it's like Mirage, or how some people would say garage or massage, but with a hard K. June Kaj. Say it three times and use it in a sentence. You'll get it right. Gentlemen, we got a caller to get in here before uh, we get out of here. He's wanting to talk to Trey. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's talk with uh, Kane. Kane, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Yes. Happy New Year to all of you guys, especially you, Rick Schaefer. Hi, Kane. We, we cut me Rick. off in my defensive Happy tackles talk, so we could talk to Kane and <laughs> That's right. talk trash about Texas <laughs> yes, and invite me to the roadhouse. Uh, 
Trey, I need <laughs> yeah, you need to come to Jonesboro and I would treat you. But Trey, I want I wanna I wanna change subjects on you for a second thing. You about the only honest person on that show today. <laughs> what? That's not true. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna but say? Let me ask you this. The situation with uh and this is uh pro basketball. LeBron James, the way he did that kid from Memphis, if that was Draymond Green, you think Draymond Green would be in prison now? <laughs> Thank you, Kane. Trey, as always, it is a pleasure. We will talk yep. with you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of Hogsports.com being brought to you by Chris Crane, Hyundai, and Genesis of Conway.